G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. God's heart is to make His home in us and to fill us with His joy and His peace and His grace and His power. And I believe that with every fibre of my being. In fact, I know it. And the other thing I know is that He wants to do that for you today, right now. I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works as we continue with our next message in this series called The Holy Spirit and Me. It's all about knowing God. No, not knowing about God, actually knowing Him. So let's head into His Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free booklet that I'd love to send you. It's called Holy Spirit Power and it's all about helping you live your life in the incredible power of the Holy Spirit. It is fantastic to be with you again this week on Christianity Works. You know, the process of of boy meets girl has always fascinated me. Before I met my wonderful wife, Jackie, somebody encouraged me to go out on a blind date with a woman. And the moment I knocked on her door and she opened the door, I took one look at her and in an instant... I knew that there would be no relationship there. I just just knew. And yet the very first time I laid eyes on Jackie, I just knew that she would be my wife. How does that work? What's that chemistry all about? How does, how does chemistry and attraction turn into love and, and commitment and lifelong companionship? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I guess... For one person, there are many potential spouses and only a handful of real candidates and and sometimes one or or sometimes none that people meet. It's really a mystery, isn't it, how a boy and a girl meet and become husband and wife and and share a life together for the whole of their lives. The same is true with friends. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your relatives. And I guess that, that saying acknowledges this reality that sometimes... There are people with whom we have chemistry and we have relationship, and yet other people, they may be similar to us, they may have the same interests, but there's just no potential there for relationship because somehow you just don't click. You know what I'm talking about. Well, if that's true of people, if there's kind of a custom fit between people for having relationships, what about our relationship with God? There's one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons in one God, an amazing mystery of God in three persons. But what about our compatibility with God? We're all different. Some of us know things in our heads. Some of us know things more in our hearts. Some of us are right-brained people. Others are left-brained people. Some people are loud and noisy. Other people are, are quiet and deep. For some people... Experience is the most important way of knowing something, but for others, they just know that they know that they know that they know. Whatever it is, wherever each one of us is in terms of faith, let's just make a couple of assumptions. Firstly, that God is God. 
And secondly, that it was his idea to make us all so incredibly different. So if that's the case, how is it that God deals with that reality in establishing and and developing a personal relationship with each one of us? That's what we're going to visit today on the program. We're in the third program of a four-week series called The Holy Spirit and Me. The last few weeks we've been looking at the subject of walking in the Spirit. Two weeks ago we began looking at Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised, if you want to read it, it's in John chapter 14, he promised another counsellor, another advocate just like me. So Jesus did his public ministry for three and a half years and just before he went to the cross he promised his disciples, I won't leave you as orphans, I'll come again. I'll be with you through my Holy Spirit. My Father and I will come and make our homes with you. And then he died on the cross. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And not long after, and that's what we're going to look at today, in the book of Acts. If you have a Bible, grab it, open it, Acts, because that's where we're going today. Not long after, he poured his Holy Spirit out on his disciples. The Holy Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit of power, the Holy Spirit of of God in us with a relationship that we just can't put into words. And last week on the program, we looked at one of the significant implications of having the Holy Spirit present in us, in that the Spirit who is holy deals with our sin. And that means change. That means repenting. That means ditching that rubbish in our lives. It may not be popular. But the Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. But how does the Holy Spirit deal with each one of us who are so different? And this week we're going to look at how God strikes up a relationship with us. We are all so different. God is God. God doesn't change. So how does he do it? How does he customize or, or tailor his approach? Or is it one size fits all? Is there some kind of standard approach that's the same for each one of us? How do I know I have the Holy Spirit? It's amazing in the church that the Holy Spirit is a source of great division, people's understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. One of the three persons in the Godhead brings a whole bunch of misunderstanding. And we're just going to open the Bible today very simply and very plainly and just read what God says about God the Holy Spirit. I was sitting having dinner the other night with a, a really good friend of mine. This man is very well known in, in ministry in Australia and around the world. God's used him to do some amazing things. And you'd have to say he's a high-profile sort of person. So I won't use his name because we were having a, a private dinner together. But we were talking about how God deals with each one of us. And, and I was saying, well, I love getting up in the morning early and spending 45 minutes or an hour with God because God speaks to me. You know, I find out what God's doing. What, God, what are you up to today? And God gives me guidance as I do that, as I read his word, as I listen to him, as I pray. God just impresses on me what he wants me to do. And this friend of mine, and people look at him from a distance, they see him on television, they, they hear him on radio, they... They read his biography, and they look at this man and think, wow, he's this super spiritual man that God has used powerfully. And he said to me, it doesn't work like that for me. He said, you know, I go to God and ask him, what do you want me to do, God? And God says to me, I've already given you a job, go and do it. You think, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. But on the other hand, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. I mean, look at the fruit in this man's life, and God has clearly used him amazingly. 
God knows each one of us. He knows exactly what you're like. He knows exactly how to connect with you, just as he does to connect with me. So over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to spend some time looking at three different examples of how God connected with people, with the aim of getting the sense that God knows how different each one of us are. We'll look at that when we come back after this short break. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. You and I, we need power to be holy. We need power to follow hard after Jesus in our lives. We need power to become all that God wants us to be and to do all that he's called us to do. Serious power. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Holy Spirit Power, and it's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you live your life in the incredible power of the Holy Spirit. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send you your free booklet straight out in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. But right now, it's time to get back into God's Word. Well, I said before the break that the person of the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest sources of division in the Christian church right now, and it's true. On the one hand, It's very clear from the Bible that everyone who believes in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 verse 9, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ doesn't belong to him. And again in Ephesians chapter 1 and elsewhere, Paul writes along these lines. He says, in him, in Jesus also, when you had heard the word of truth, the good news, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. So in other words, any person that's believed in their heart that Jesus is their personal saviour has received the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, the spirit that Jesus promised in John chapter 14, another comforter, Another one just like me is what he said about the Holy Spirit. But it's also true by observation that this Holy Spirit makes a difference in some people and not in others. Jesus said, you will know a tree by its fruit. Good trees have good fruit and bad trees have bad fruit. I don't know where you are on your journey. I have a bit of a sense where I am on my journey. But we're all on a journey. If we're walking with Jesus, if we've accepted him and said, Lord, I want you to be my saviour. I believe that you died for me on the cross. If we're with Jesus, then somewhere in our lives, Jesus is making changes. We're on a journey. And I know that today I make fewer mistakes than I did five years ago. And my prayer is that as I grow in God's word and in my relationship with him and and through the presence of the spirit in me, I pray in another five years I'll be able to look back and say exactly the same thing. But there are some people who say, I believe in Jesus. 
and you look at their lives and you think, well, I can't see any fruit. There's that wonderful story in Luke's Gospel of of Jesus going to his friend's grave, Lazarus. Lazarus had died. He'd been dead for a few days. And when Jesus got to his grave, he said, roll the stone away. And they said, you don't understand. He's been dead for a few days. He's going to smell. And Jesus said, roll the stone away. And when they did that, he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus got up from the dead and walked out, but he was bound up in grave clothes. Now, under those grave clothes, there was red in his cheek. The master had spoken life into Lazarus's dead body. But Lazarus was still bound up in the grave clothes. You know, you can't do much for God. You can't serve other people when you're bound up in grave clothes. And to tell you the truth, I know plenty of Christians that look just like Lazarus when he came out of the tomb. Yes, the master has spoken life in them. Yes, they have eternal life, but they're still bound up in the grave clothes of the past. Jesus said, I came to set you free. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, in fact, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit has so much to do with setting us free. Some people believe that you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that's it. That's one side of the argument. Other people believe, well, no, there's a second blessing. You know, sure, you receive the seal of the Holy Spirit, you receive the Spirit when you become a Christian, but you've got to be baptized in the Spirit. There's a significant experiential event of power, of of gifts, of tongues and prophecy and all those other things that happen after the event. And I know well-intentioned Christians on both sides of that argument, in both camps, who argue their cases strongly and, and passionately and believe that the other party is just plain wrong. Why is this important? Because it goes to the question, how do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit? How do I know if I'm walking in the Spirit? Because I don't know about you, but I'm passionate. I want all that God has for me. All of him, all of his presence, all all of his blessing, all that I can do with God. I, I want everything that God has for me. How incredibly sad to believe in the cross, to believe in Jesus, and then to walk the rest of our lives as though nothing happened. Come on, do you want everything that God has for you? Because I tell you, God has an abundant blessing, an overflowing blessing of grace and mercy and joy and peace for each person who puts their faith in Jesus. And to understand how God approaches this, we're going to look at three very distinct, very different approaches in the Bible in the book of Acts. The first one happens at Pentecost. Let's read it very quickly. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. While staying with them, Jesus, this is after the resurrection and before he ascends. And this is what it says. While staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in Acts chapter 2, this is what happens. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there there came a sound like a, a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. One thing's clear. God poured his Spirit out on these men and women in the most amazing way. 
And you read on in Acts chapter 2, 3 and 4 and Peter gets up and addresses the crowd and, and gives the most powerful message. God filled them with his spirit and with his power. What does it show about God? He does special things. Things that we don't always understand. Things that don't always make sense to us. He did them then. He does them today. He does amazing things. And yet, he does different things too. And after the break, we're going to come back and look at two different instances of how God poured his spirit out on people. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to Jesus. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Okay, so let's dive back into God's Word and see what else He has to say to us today. We're looking on the program today how God touches people differently with his Holy Spirit. Just before the break, we looked at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the disciples with a rushing wind and flames of fire. Really unusual and amazing, and maybe you and I wouldn't have done it that way, but God did. Have a look at this one, though. This is another really interesting one. We're going to Acts chapter 19, if you have a Bible, go there, because God does things differently. Have a listen. This is in Ephesus. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, the apostle, passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they replied, No, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what were you baptized? And they answered, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied, and altogether there were about twelve of them. See, some people argue so strongly, well, you receive the Holy Spirit, it's a one-off thing. When you become a believer, as we saw before in the book of Romans in chapter 8, when you become a believer, you receive the Holy Spirit and that's it. That may be how God works with some people, but it's not how he worked in Ephesus. In Ephesus, I'm sure that when these people believed in Jesus and they put their hearts into him, they received the Holy Spirit, but they had to be taught about the Holy Spirit. They didn't know that the Holy Spirit existed. And when Paul told them about it, and when Paul laid his hands on them, they received the Spirit in power, and they prophesied, and they prayed in tongues. There was a second experience for them. Don't you love how God does things differently? 
And the third one that I'd like to look at is Cornelius and his family. Let's go to Acts chapter 10 if you have a Bible. Because Cornelius received the Holy Spirit in a different way. In Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort, as it was called. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household, and he gave generously to the poor and prayed constantly to God. One afternoon about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel coming and said to him, Cornelius, he stared at the angel in terror. What is it, Lord? Your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. And so the angel told Cornelius to send some men to Peter to get Peter the apostle to come and tell them about Jesus, which happened. And while Peter was still talking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. So the example we looked at before in Ephesus, those people had believed, we don't know for how long, but they received the Holy Spirit after they believed. Here, Cornelius and his family were still listening to the message of the good news of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit fell upon them there. See how silly it is to have these arguments about, well, you know, you only receive the Holy Spirit when you first believe, or you have to receive the Holy Spirit as a second blessing. There are two examples where God did it differently. And the one of Pentecost before, these people had walked with Jesus. They'd spent three and a half years with them, some of them, in the best Bible school you'll ever come across, the Bible school of Jesus Christ. And God dealt with each of them differently. I remember I received the Holy Spirit the way Cornelius did. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ that day, I know that I know that I know that I know that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's never changed for me. That joy and that peace has never left me. The courage to keep going has never left me, even through the dark times, even through the painful times, even when I felt like I was walking alone, I knew in my spirit and my heart that my God was carrying me. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. What about you? Have you been filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit? God's presence in you. You know that that joy, that peace, that thing that happens when you all of a sudden get a revelation in your spirit and in your soul that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you walk around every day in that knowledge that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is just overflowing out of you. Someone's listening there going, I've never experienced that. I've never tasted that. I I, I want that. Well, I am going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for each person who is listening right now. We're together in your spirit, in your kingdom. I pray for each soul who is hungering for your presence. I pray for each person who is aching to receive your Holy Spirit. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would pour your Spirit out on them. Right here and right now. That you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. Not just today, but tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next. Every day between now and when each one of us stands before you in glory. I pray that you would pour your spirit out on us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Well, I know that if you prayed that prayer with me,
I know that if your soul is dry and thirsty and hungry and poor and empty and just yearning to be filled with God, I know that God will honor that prayer. And when we accept God for who he is, to let him do just what he wants in our life, just how he wants to do it in our lives, that is the most awesome and wonderful and amazing thing. Whether whether we're a Cornelius and we receive the Spirit and were filled to overflowing when we first heard the message, or whether we're someone who's been walking for 20 or 30 years and never been filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter. God shows up for each one of us because if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his heart is to make his home in us and to fill us with his joy and his peace and his grace and his power. And I believe that with every fibre of my being. I've seen it in other people's lives. I've seen it in my life. And I am believing for your life too. God is no man's debtor. God has no favourites. God wants to pour his glory out in your life, in my life, in everybody's life who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Let's come back to the question. Does God have a standard way or does he customise his approach? Look at Pentecost. Look at Ephesus. Look at Cornelius. Look at my life. Look at your life. God will meet you in your place, in your life, in your need. Just the way you are I believe that and I'm praying for that for you in Jesus Christ well that's pretty much all we have time for today but before I go there's something very important that I need to share with you this program Christianity Works is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to draw ever closer to God in a rich powerful, dynamic relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now securely online by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling us toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love. God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.